Welcome to Space 1999. That's not the name of the, the foam. Sorry, I was going to say the foam party for pod. Uh, wait, did Sorry. I say space? <laughs> I said space. it backwards. Welcome yeah. to Podcast 1999, the foam party for Space 1999. I'm your host, Mark Malik. Hi, I'm Matt Comages. I say my last name because you said your last name. Coming yeah, back. and we have. And I'm Brian. Brian Clayton. Who may or may not have a last name. Okay, I, I gave you one. <laughs> I gave you one. You, I gave you Woo! a name. Most of his name. got 50 names. The more names you had, the higher ranked god you were. I think that's how it should work. <laughs> sure. Sure, yeah. And you, you're not a real god until you have 50 names. And Isn't it like, like the Jewish god has a bunch of names, but then the Muslim god has none? Something like that. I don't know. Um, I just know the Anunnaki gods have uh, fifty to seventy-five names, and if maybe that's what five names your your king god. Definitely more real the more names you have. Yes, yes. Um, that's why the the inhabitants of Moonbase Alpha are not gods, as far as I know. Most of them only have, they only have nicknames, do they? Um, pretty much. Um, so I'm feeling good. I I've got a a new improved webcam. Which cost me ten dollars. That's how oh, bad man. my webcam was before. I'm returning a microphone today. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all not the one you're using. I hope in Japan that you just do that. It's all parceled up. Yeah, you return. You turn microphone up to using it for a month. Yeah, because you told me it sounded the same as my iPad mic, so there was no point in keeping it. Right. Um. That. That's you I know. know shop it, is at least spend more. This how America dollars for a microphone, people. This is how America works is that I bought something that didn't work and I returned it to Guitar Center and they just put it back out. Okay. They just went and sold it. Why not? It's now for sale again, even though someone, it's broken. Someone can resell my mic. It's not non-functional. It's just crappy. Uh, sorry. Oh, this is on. non-functional. You, you said you had like yeah. a, a whole like space jizz ball of trivia or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> trivia just shooting like ropes all through this podcast. Um, we're already editing this one okay <laughs> i guess so uh this episode was 20th in production order charles Crichton is back to direct with christopher penfold writing he last saw this duo's work in war games and you'll see one more episode featuring their contributions this season coming up dragon's domain penfold will have one more of his scripts used in season two Crichton will be back to direct six as you may recall, during the production of the end of, Eter- of End of Eternity, there was so much friction with Abe Mandel and ITC New York that Penfold was demoted from his position of story consultant. This episode, uh, the camel's back broke, and he left the series entirely. The two scripts of his that were made after this were made into episodes without his involvement. Particularly, Dragon's Domain was supposed to star Alan Carter, and you will see that it does not. The original concept for this episode began with a discussion about firefighting foam between Penfold and art director Keith Wilson, with them deciding that it would be interesting to visualize Alpha being threatened by a similar entity. 
There was a lot more foam in this episode than originally intended. The foam machines were so loud that the operation, the operators were unable to hear Crichton's instructions to shut them down. According to the cast, he ran into the corridor screaming, stop the bloody foam, waving his arms, but then ended up engulfed by it. It took three minutes to find him, and he looked like the abominable snowman, which amused everyone except for him. Uh, additional footage for this episode was filmed after the rest of the season had been filmed, making this the last episode to be completed. Yes, this is the aforementioned foam sequence. It took longer to be completed than planned and actually started overlapping with the rap party which some actors were anxious to join. If you recall, this is the same rap party where Jerry Anderson announced that he and Sylvia were divorcing and she would not be involved if there would be a season two. And there would be. Uh, that stayed in the phone. <laughs> yeah. That additional footage was filmed under similar circumstances as the ending of The Last Enemy. The original script had the crew putting on spacesuits and opening the airlock so the moon could peacefully pass through the brain without harming the brain or the moon itself. It was decided to make the conclusion more dramatic and indeed more violent. Uh, our primary guest star is Shane Rimmer as James Kelly. He was a Canadian actor born in 1929 and also a screenwriter and was possibly best known as the voice of Scott Tracy in Thunderbirds. You can also catch him in many works such as Whoops, Apocalypse, Morons from Outer Space, and Gandhi. Okay, also Superman 2, The Spy Who Loved Me, Rollerball, and Batman Begins. You can uh, hear his voice over the radio in four previous episodes and two future episodes of this series, all uncredited. So maybe Scott Tracy is somewhere working on Moonbase Alpha. However, Rimmer passed away at 29 in 2019 at the age of 89. Uh, guest I, starring I used to have to throw out, uh, I think it was mm -hmm. a different podcast, but we were just talking about the first time you watched a movie that you knew was bad. That might have been morons from outer space. I remember as a kid seeing that on the VHS and being like, that has to be good. That sounds great. And it wasn't. So wow, review, review made. Hey, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was eighty-five. Is that right? Okay, I was about to say six-year-old Matt, so that works out. Mm -hmm. All right, and guest starring as his wife is Carla Romanelli. If you hadn't noticed, it's another Italian. She was born in nineteen forty-nine in Arezzo, Tuscany, Italy. She started mostly Italian productions, and her screen credits end in the mid-eighties. You can see her in Shanghai Joe, Steppenwolf, and The Sensuous Nurse. This is her only appearance in Space 1999. And that's the trivia. That's the trivia. Here's the summary. All is quiet and Alphans are killing time doing puzzles. Suddenly the monitors are displaying strange symbols. An eagle is dispatched to investigate the point where the data originates, but is subsequently lost. Soon what seems like a meteor lands on the moon and James Kelly is sent out to spacewalk to investigate what happened to the first eagle. Analysis of the meteor shows that it contains material consistent with the lost eagle and also human tissue, so it's assumed that the eagle has been crushed into a ball and shot back at them. Alan goes to rescue Kelly, but he finds him unconscious floating in space. After he's brought back to Alpha, he begins trying to access computer while somehow transmitting data to the object. He's subdued and knocked unconscious, and Koenig decides to send an eagle full of nukes to destroy the object. And also, he wants to mind meld, I mean, use symbiosis to find out what's going on with Kelly. Koenig finds out that the brain wants to help them avoid colliding with it, but the brain's plan will require the use of the nukes that are on the eagle. And to make things worse, Alpha has lost control of that eagle, and Koenig has to do a flying maneuver to keep it from colliding with the base. He succeeds, but the nukes are destroyed and therefore lost. The Alphans hatch a plan to equalize the pressure while flying through the brain to save themselves. However, this results in the base being overwhelmed with foam, which overwhelms and kills Kelly, and in the end, the space brain is killed by the impact as well. 
Helena feels responsible for Kelly's death, but Koenig comforts her by telling her that she can't assume responsibility for that any more than Moonbase Alpha can assume responsibility for killing the space brain. Moving, moving into this episode, this one thing I thought that was interesting for this one, this is kind of like their slight subversion episode because there's like five plot elements where you're, oh my god, not again, but then they all kind of <laughs> tweak a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this is like the, tro- the, the bouquet of tropes from this series but then but, they tweak the tropes right like because i'm like yeah. oh my god Ke- i like what did i write um not kelly now he's got a new brain at least it's not like two brains <laughs> not his lady kelly's gonna kill like at least three people so i was definitely you know <laughs> don't touch his brain i was expecting him to kill at least three people which he does not do he comes around and, and helps the moon base and then he dies so that is a twist yeah. on the trope Alien interference, uh, a, a hapless crew member who you just met, uh, a distressed wife, uh, an, an eagle. So there's a decoy full of explosives. Um, but but, twist I like is um, like, what was it? Collision course where they really the thing to do is to do nothing. So I was like, oh, is this another they need to do nothing? Yeah. They need to do something. It's just, you know, it's the aliens are having trouble communicating what they need to do, which I was, I was like, that's good. That's because I again. 20 minutes in, I was like, oh my god, it is every trope just playing out. <laughs> they all play out slightly differently, so um, I was hating this halfway through, except for the psychedelic <laughs> stuff, of course. Uh, and then not liking it by the end. Yeah, that's that's about how... I, I wouldn't say I hated it halfway through, but I was rolling my eyes real hard. But okay, then at I, the I, end... could, I could say I was rolling my eyes real hard, but then once everything gets, you know, somewhat tweaked, I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. Maybe that's, you know, Penfold's like, step out the door move, I don't know. But but again, sort of like when he blew up all the Beathans, I was kind of like, I didn't even really understand that the brain was dead until at the end, John is basically telling Helena, don't feel bad. Think about all the people who we whose lives we've ruined by destroying that brain. <laughs> that was his thing. <laughs> it's the thing he said to her to make her feel better was like, actually, we've destroyed a lot of, we've just destroyed countless lives in this galaxy like 20 galaxies (laughs) yeah unfortunately they they, they were in a position where they they could they just utterly failed the universe by by not figuring out a way to stop their moon from going in a direction that they don't want to go in which is exactly their thing going somewhere they don't want to (laughs) go yeah it's it's exactly the thing where it's it's exactly the kind of thing where it's like this is the right i I know I do this a lot where I just try to dissect the writing, but this is straight up. They were written to be more violent because it was more exciting. And uh, I guess it's like Superman killing Zod. It would be cool if they just killed that brain. But it's like there. That's really hard to um, reconcile for me. Like they're Uh, not. (laughs) They really messed up bad. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, they couldn't really not mess up, though. You know, again, they yeah, only barely change your trajectory. So it's like you, you just write something in there so that they don't they don't kill the brain. Failure. I don't they know. Committed to failure. They were committed to foam. It's foam party. That's it. And it was oh. really cool. I I I don't I don't I do not apologize for thinking of the foam stuff and the psychedelic colors and the brain death and all the like stuff flying through the ship was really cool i you know i um 
it was but, cool. It was cooler than war games to me. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I, well, I people like kind of take the foam one of two ways. I think it's really cool and bizarre like you did, or they think it's very, very silly that they're yeah. wading through <laughs> suds. The, the, the threat is suds, but you it, have to buy into is. it. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. What would you have soundtracked it with? They, of course, use Mars, which is usually just rewritten by somebody. Uh, see Star Trek <laughs> Six for the first one that comes to yes. mind. But that was done uh, 8,000 times. Here's just, I got the old Holst vinyl in the yeah. back closet here. Let's throw mm -hmm. that on. And that was probably so, the first time I'd heard it. I didn't realize what it was because <laughs> I was too young to know who Holst was. But it sounded different. Like a lot of episodes this season, every so often there's a piece of music that doesn't sound very grayish, and later you find out, oh, it wasn't very gray. So, so uh, my my question yeah. for you for soundtrack, they play it during the foam sequence, right? It's not yeah. really a good fit. Uh, most of the music I think was a, would be a good fit was made much later. So my choice mm -hmm. for uh, scoring that scene, the foam party, would be Happy Mondays. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, what what music do you want to put to the foam party? I mean, my first mm. impulse is just disco. <laughs> That's probably a terrible idea. That works better for a 70s. Well, like, the fact we're like calling it a foam party kind of. <laughs> I mean, they just play the theme song for the show. That would work fine, actually. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Um, well, again, it was kind of on the knife's edge about how seriously we're going to take this whole foam thing. So <laughs> the music choice about... was kind of critical. I think actually using Holtz gave it some gravitas you know <laughs> yeah that that was a good a great idea i think because that was heavier music than was even played during you know war games and it it needed some gravitas to you know it is foam the thing is i i think that it's cool looking partly just because i'm not used to seeing practical effects anymore at all ever and uh, foam really sort of has its own its own little physics uh how about how about popcorn by hot buttered <laughs> Hot butter was hot buttered, right? I think it was hot butter. Yeah, I remember popcorn. I'm amazed you guys remember popcorn. Okay, I'm going happy Mondays. You're going you're going popcorn and um Brian, you're keeping the holes then. Yeah, I kinda like the holes. I can't think of another alternative. I mean, you know, if I wanted to go really although I'm wacky, I would just pick up I'd pick some ABBA song or something, you know. <laughs> if I want to call it a, a disco I like situation. The planets. I like the planets, but it's yeah. always annoying to hear because I play in orchestras and stuff, but orchestras rarely play that. I mean, like amateur ones or <laughs> because you need just like an insanely large orchestra. So That's also pretty hard, right? And isn't it like the beginning is really dense and then the, the end is kind of sparse, so you'd probably be bored? Yeah, and you need, but you need lots of like obscure percussion instruments and stuff and celestes uh. and stuff, so... It's not. Mm. It's not something that just the community orchestra plays. Yeah, I mean, you can get away with Beethoven with thirty people if you have to. So, I mean, like any analog bleep bloops would probably work too. Is yeah. there? It's a great sequence. It look. I love how it looks. I love the the colors. Even though I did call this correctly at the beginning of my notes, I bet there isn't even going to be a giant brain, and they're basically wasn't it well, wasn't really a, brain. a giant brain you missed it you're in the hospital when when we did the giant brain <laughs> that is true you're right we, we did and we get another brain that should have been called space brain again the or, title we're going to swap titles again <laughs> <laughs> i bet dragon's domain doesn't have a, a big giant dragon in it does it don't tell me but i bet it doesn't 
Oh, that's what, yeah, that's some rubber creatures. That's for sure. Okay. Well, I hope it does. I'm hoping for that. It's <laughs> not a big drag. I forget this is like pre Muppets, so you just didn't, or maybe not pre Muppets, but pre Muppets show where you wouldn't necessarily have like a, you know, big giant thing for any anything you uh, anything you want, anything you reference. I should put Muppets into the space 1999, like just a main mission. <laughs> Just just Muppets in space, the series, and you put like one human in it and make it space nineteen ninety nine. I've I've said it before. I think Muppets in space was my first sci fi. That or Buck Rogers. I actually haven't seen that one. <laughs> this is a post Jim Henson. Oh, oh excuse me, Muppets from lost. space. No, Muppets I'm, from I'm, space. I'm talking about pigs in space. Sorry, pigs in space. Was oh, sci fi. Yeah, I was going to say Muppets in space is in the nineties, wasn't it? <laughs> that was a yeah. movie for me. Post, uh, yeah, post Jim Henson. So I, a lot of the post Jim Henson stuff, I just waited years to watch or never watched. Underrated though, I do like Muppets from Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Muppets from Space. I was, I was way too much of a snob, and also it was one of those things where sometimes when one band member dies, I just would stop listening to the band. But it's like Muppets had a lot of performers. It wasn't just Jim Henson doing everything, you know. Yeah, you're such a Fairweather fan. I am. <laughs> Absolutely. I stopped listening to Metallica immediately when the Black Album came out. Right. So, what if what if Space 1999 had a Muppet character? Like yeah, Pilot Farscape. That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, everyone at main mission behind consoles is a Muppet. That's what I want. I think Landau's this is what should there. happen. No, no, this is what, though, it should be is that every week the, the red shirt, the, the named character who dies is always a Muppet and everyone else is a human. Just reverse the formula. So in this one, Kelly would have been the, the Muppet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And his Italian so Muppets wife Muppets in also. Space 1999. Muppets in Space 1999. Yeah. You got your reboot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So His I, Italian wife would be like, eh. <laughs> like her mouth is just flapping. You, you were mentioning how um, Alan Carter was supposed to be the lead of one of the later episodes. Um, Dragon's Domain, yeah. Yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, I thought Alan should have been Kelly in this one. And I mean, you don't kill him at the yeah. end. That's the difference. But that would have made a lot of sense to me because it's an eagle pilot. He seems to go nuts. I mean, then I, I guess we ha- maybe they wanted us to feel like he was going to kill like three people, which I did. Which if it was Alan Carter, <laughs> you know, kill three people and then get. Yeah, he don't come back from that as a star of the show. <laughs> but, he, but Kelly this... didn't do that. He just he just uh, threw he didn't land no. across the room, going across the room. That's not a bad idea, except for the parallel between. uh Ring around the moon in this one, where you know cast members taken over and goes to the computer wall and starts typing very fast. Right. Well, now it's <laughs> well, Kelly. It's still it's still it... a moon base. Everybody loves Kelly. They're like, oh my god, not Kelly. Oh my, we let Kelly die. How can we do that? Kelly is no, like, not Kelly. Yeah, he's like Poochie. He, he is like Poochie. <laughs> no. In fact, I don't even yeah. know if his name is James or Patrick. Kelly. In the book, his name was Patrick. You said his name was James mm. in this episode. It's like that was a rewrite somewhere. Um, Maybe Patrick Kelly was just a little too on the nose. James, uh, yeah, it says James here, but I mean, that could have been a typo in IMDb. I have no idea. They like to do that in the 70s. Like, what is it? They changed it from Bruce Banner to David Banner because they thought Bruce sounded effeminate, mm-hmm. which I don't think. I think Bruce sounds like a manly. Hilarious. Hey, Bruce. How's it going, the Bruce? Funny thing, the funny thing is I pointed this out on some social media post is that the Avengers are named like Bruce and Natasha and Tony and uh and those are names that you will ne- you will not find anyone like under the age of 50 with those names, but you might meet someone named Rocket. 
Yeah, that's okay. the funny. That's the funny thing is that it's it's based on material that's so dated now that's like <laughs> there just isn't. You know, I've never met anyone named Bruce. Or very few people named Tony. I've met people named Tony, but not a lot of them. You know, it's like it's weird. I've been well, maybe it's time for it to come around, and there'll be a new generation of Bruce's and Natasha's in the world. Maybe, or they'll be named uh, Nebula and and Rocket and uh, Than- <laughs> Thanos. This is or my Galadriel son. or whatever. <laughs> Groot, yeah, yeah. You can't name your kid Thanos. Come on, you name him Groot. No, actually, I mean, uh, do you know how many Khaleesi's there are right now? Oh God! Yeah, as I was thinking of that, <laughs> in Japan, it's actually illegal to name your child Akuma, which means devil, and use that. Wow! Company. Damn. So wait, if I named my son Akuma after the Street Fighter character, could and I brought him to Japan, would people be like, uh, people be weird, weird out by it? It probably depends what the kanji is. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the name Damien kind of went out of style after Omen Three or whatever, Omen Two. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say yeah. Damien's kind of the Akuma in, in the States or whatever. So or, I've never met right. anyone named Satan or Lucifer. Someone's yeah, there, called Lucifer. Someone, someone named their kid Hitler once. Uh, a friend of mine has named her kids uh, Lucian and Damien, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's there pretty cool. I thought you were leaning right into it. <laughs> I have a friend named Seth, and he knew the origin of the name Seth was apparently sort of like a chaos demon or something. Which is pretty cool. And also, I think Jessica is like one of the only names that you can name someone that does not have a Christian origin because Shakespeare made it up, which is pretty cool. So I know a lot of Jessica's, though. I like hero would like be that. a biblical yeah. name. I don't know. Yeah, we're all biblical over here. Well, Brian yeah. might not be, but I don't know. You're probably in there yep. somewhere. Life of Brian. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're literally Jesus. Um, <laughs> But Jesus, too bad that one. That one's on the films and films list. I would do that one. Yeah, Brian might have a thing or two to say about that. Uh, oh, this episode starts off with everybody doing puzzles. It's like it's solitary puzzle day on Moonbase Alpha. Is that supposed to? Are they doing a brain check, or is that just like, hey, let's all do puzzles today? It and uh, Koenig breaks the puzzle record because you know he's the best. So he goes to bed. And then they're like, oh, he's, re- he's Coney. Darn it. You can do it. Yeah. Because he's done it 20 times. He's like, it's the only puzzle we have, which, uh, you know, even Dr. Steve Brule says you can make your own puzzles uh, no. and then solve them. <laughs> I am not really a puzzle guy. I don't know if you, how you guys feel about it. But how um, do you feel? Do we know what the puzzle he did was? Uh, It looked like oh. some kind of, you know, like 19th century painting. They didn't get super close up on it. In the uh, book, it said it was The Visitation, which I believe is a reference to a famous painting, but I don't know my famous paintings very well, so I couldn't say offhand, oh, yeah, that's a so-and-so, it's a Rembrandt or something. Okay, Uh, that's a little earlier, 19th century, but yeah, that's the vibe I was (laughs) getting. But yeah, they they didn't focus on it it very long, but I I guess that's kind of the, like somehow, uh, especially Next Generation, they'll have an opening scene and then that kind of plays out through the episodes. I guess that's what this was like. Here's a puzzle. I guess we ran out puzzles. Here's a big puzzle for you to solve because, well, what is on the fritz? What is showing all the the cyber jibber jabber? Because they're like, check it with computer. I'm like, isn't computer screwing up? You can't use computer. Computer? I was a little confused. I was a little confused through this entire episode of I don't I don't feel like that it was super well explained. Because anything that was happening when it first starts happening, 
Koenig can't use comms, but like three mm-hmm. minutes later, like the it's a, whatever is still on the fritz, but now comms work. So I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, yeah, and also all they have to do is restart computer at one point so he could do the uh, mind meld. I mean, the symbiosis. The Neuralink. The Neuralink, right. <laughs> but uh, I, I mm-hmm. guess... I guess Which, they were trying to do both things because Kano is still trying to get computer to work where Victor and um, Helena are now using notepads and pencils. So I guess they were just like, hopefully one of these methods will work. Yeah. No on it, paper or getting the computer, getting computer to work again. It felt like a, the, a real like shotgun approach. And then everyone was kind of super desperate through a lot of this. And then when they, it came time to do the, you know, murder the brain. Everyone was just incredibly precise with everything. It's <laughs> just kind of crazy itself. Oh, but there's yeah. another trope this week, isn't it? They pick up the weird thing and put it directly into Moonbase Alpha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is and, and, yeah, and, that's, just, that's never we, a good idea. Why do they keep doing that? <laughs> 328 tons. So, like, man, they have an amazing crane there. I guess it's the moon. Uh, so. The turn of gravity generators down, John. Who would get this in here? I'll oh do, yeah, I'll do one of my straight note reads here. Um, no biohazard gear. Why don't you touch it as much as you want? Koenig, stop touching it. It's organic. Stop touching it. <laughs> Even after they oh. start talking about how it's got like the human remains and he's still touching it. <laughs> I'll throw in my favorite line of the episode is when and uh, Kelly says, "Don't touch my brain." Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yep, that's, that, that I, is I, my favorite line as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought. Actually, I thought you were going to start the episode by shouting that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, that's that's the first thing I think when I come to is don't touch my brain. <laughs> don't touch my brain. Um, and, and, you know, of course, I sort of thought that I thought that it was like, well, this the thrust of this episode was going to be that the space brain was Kelly's brain, but it wasn't. There was an external brain. Yeah. So. It's a space which looked nothing like space. a brain. Eh, which looked looks... nothing like a brain, but it looked cool. It looked cool. I... Oh, it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I, I love. It. Well, I was saying before <laughs> you came onto the Zoom, it looked like, um, you know, the the black light geodes in a in a science museum, geology it, mineral I mean, museum. It looked like something that would be hanging from the ceiling at a club where you were having a foam party. So, how many foam parties have you guys been to? I don't. Um, I've actually been to a phone party, to be honest. No, seems too wet. I don't want to come out wet. I've been to a lot of them. It's really fun. I think, even though definitely people were, you know, having sex in it. But I mean, whatever. I I mean, it's probably not safe, but it was just really. Well, if they're having the rap party next door, I guess people were probably doing it in here too. Yeah, (laughs) everyone except for uh, the Andersons. (laughs) Yeah. Do you do you guys think that um, there's something I I love thinking about stuff like this every like most doomed guest characters are married in this season yeah yeah and then the anderson's marriage falls apart so do you think yeah. it was just sort of making its way into the show like <laughs> every the, the wife is always upset and then the husband goes and just burns <laughs> out with well, the anderson's divorced and yeah the anderson's and... wedding uh, marriage didn't end with someone dying from some strange well, alien it's, you know a metaphor i i i love the idea of things like that like like the um just um reality making its way into the fic into the fiction like in in the movie existence you guys seen that 
I saw it with you on opening night, and that's the last time uh, I saw it. <laughs> I um I was just gifted the uh, 4K disc of it for Christmas, um, and uh, excited to rewatch it. But yeah, a lot of the theme of that was that they're going into like different depths of VR, and then they come out of the VR, and they're like lots of themes of people getting assassinated in this. It's really disturbing, and then something gets assassinated. Yeah, just to throw <laughs> sorry sometimes, spoilers. <laughs> sometimes the question comes out: What kind of Body horror does Matt not like existence, which okay. is why I haven't watched it again. Good movie. Mm. I'm not saying it's not a good movie, but it's yeah, I, that's the body horror I don't like, so I haven't got back to it. Genuinely, for your benefit, I'm like taking Video Drum off the table as my birthday movie, for, <laughs> as I'll, one of my birthday movies for um. I'll take I I I'll I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a Video Drum. I it, I agree I, that also has stuff that I don't like, but I I will yeah. that one. I mean, let's face it, that one's a better movie, I think. I think it's a better I think it's better than Existence. It's also better than most of the movies on the good list, but yeah, that's just my so, opinion. But I, mean, I have a lot of other stuff. I'll, I'll watch Video Drum. I'll even watch okay. Existence. I'm just saying that's the kind of body horror yeah. that isn't my favorite. You know, I yeah, I want to watch something. Like, yeah, and uh, here it's just foam horror, I guess. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Some people don't like, I think, believe it's dyspraxia, where it's a condition where you just cannot handle touching styrofoam so you know, I think oh my my wife has really a condition great. like that she can't touch uh, uh foam rubber and things like that and velvet yeah. there's a certain textures that will just drive her up the wall if she comes in contact with them so well yeah <laughs> when we finish this i'm going to go to the school that i work at i'm going to clean and there's this the one that you use to wipe down the whiteboards when i touch it it's but it's next to the sink and once it's wet it's fine but when i touch mm -hmm. it it's like the worst feeling i mean I, I hate the uh, feeling of like my fingernails scraping against things to the point that I keep my fingernails very, very short, but that I don't think that's very uncommon. Mm. Like, like fingernail chalkboard stuff very upsets me a lot, but you know, I guess it's how some people can't stand it when you eat a mic, which I guess I've never done because I can have <laughs> to hold my mic with one hand. So if I had like yeah. a in the other hand, well, and actually I could like back out and I, I, I could eat on mic because yeah, like right off mic. And it would be fine, but I don't. I mean, I would do it for a joke, like like Luke does sometimes. But you know, <laughs> uh, well, I found the painting, by the way. It's by Roger Van der Weyden's. It's from, it 17th century, right. then. 14th, uh, 1400s, so 15th century. Wow. Okay. Ah. Okay. If you look in the chat, you'll see the picture yes. that uh, Koenig was doing. I can't find the full huh. painting, but I found the the close up of the. Virgin Mary in the middle yeah. and everything. So yeah, that that was it. It looks like a metaphor for divorce. Just kidding, it doesn't. But you know, I wish it did. I'm just wondering if that was like a commercially available jigsaw puzzle, if you can still find it, because that's a, a very obscure space 1999 prop. <laughs> you, you think we should just buy a bunch of them like wholesale and then put the space 1999 logo on them and sell them as merch? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> ITC will not mind at all. <laughs> yeah. So um, another thing uh, that's a running theme that I wanted to point out is that you know, we did talk about how uh, Matt, you suggested that Alan would have been better for this than Kelly. And I agree, but it seems like with the exception of the last sunset, every episode of this has had basically one or two guest stars, but one major guest star. Usually, right. It's, this is like a Lou grade thing because the Muppet show is also one guest star every time. And then the prisoner usually, every time I had a different number two, usually was Most someone of, of note. 
Yeah. Is this sort um, of a formula at this point that we, we get one guest star? I, I don't know if that's going to continue in season two or if that's going to be. I, I are you saying is that great. unique to him? I just, it seems like just sort of a thing. His thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, he I probably had a big Rolodex. That's one of the reasons Henson, you know, pitched his wagon to Lou Great that they could yeah. get the guest stars, right? So, but that's he, the thing that is that plus the Italians, you know, you got a lot of guest stars. Yeah. But it's, it's the thing is that I feel like The Last Sunset was really refreshing because we just spent some time with our principal cast. Right. You know, and it, granted, nobody died because there's no guest star to kill. But, you know. Yeah, they don't have a red sleeve tunic specifically for the guests. Paul like was red reborn. Shirts. And the last, <laughs> well, Paul's the only one that has a red sleeve, right? Because he's the con controller of the main mission. I think he's the only one. Hmm. I, I do remember his sleeves kept changing color in that one episode where he's fighting people in his collision course. There's like a stunt double had orange sleeves, I think. Mm. But, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Where it changes a little. <laughs> we only have one episode. We only have one outfit with red sleeves. Did they have? Con they have like orange and yellow sleeves um, too. Interesting trivia that I left out is that they actually had so few spacesuits that um that uh Zena Merton had to pass her spacesuit to <laughs> I think to Paul because <laughs> like basically one of them had to jump out of the shot and give their spacesuit to somebody else during the foam scene. Right. Which is funny because how short she was compared to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was an uncomfortable shot, I guess. Yeah, I I didn't go back and look out for the, the details and the scene or anything but yeah that's partly because the trivia took so long that i ended up just dumping it out we do seem to be like i don't know smack talking this episode a lot but i i should note that i quite enjoyed it uh, no i liked once it once i realized I... that we were going to not just do every trope the same uh that is you know i i mean to me it's like they just you could just have taken episodes out that did this not as good a couple of them you know oh, what I mean, I, I think one of the things that sold it was uh, was um, Martin Landau kind of just you know did on full on Koenig there toward the end, bossing people around. Hey, do this, do that. We got to do that, and telling people to do what to do, and being a commander. So that kind of yeah. led led some more seriousness to it. <laughs> I was gonna yeah kind of bring up in terms of some of those little foibles or the you know red orange sleeve thing. When did people have start having like dedicated? continuity people on set is that something they even had in the 70s maybe, maybe, uh, maybe nobody knows the answer to, i would but... i would guess not but i because now I, the you know they're like a, they're sticklers for that so and i guess the other thing i was well, thinking with guest stars is now that tv's become so much serialized when you have a guest star they need to be around for a couple episodes you know so they seem mm -hmm. they're not a main character, but they seem a little more like baked in while they're there. Whereas someone like I, this just I wonder if there was like an era of the of the continuity person where they realized we uh -huh. need continuity, and then then now in t in today's world, it's like we'll fix it in post with CGI, so we don't care. <laughs> well, that's still pretty expensive, and I think they had to have continuity people for just filming stuff out of order and making sure that oh you're 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 not wearing a you know your night. Right, whatever your your uh, pajamas in the daytime or anything like that, and I, that blood splatch on your foreheads in the same place that it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but I I would bet it's something like the person doing the costumes or makeup is doing double duty with that. I I don't 
I don't maybe know. If they maybe that's like an assistant people. director job or something, you know? Yeah, he. I I don't know. It's more I, of like a dedicated thing, I guess. Uh, every time I've worked in film, I've tried to do every everything I can to not be like present on set because I I hate it. I hate the stress of of everything being super like important and down to the wire the whole time. So I just avoid any job that would take me to a set while it was shooting. So uh, yeah. Okay. No, thank you. Unless I, until like just become a director and I can basically do whatever I want, then then I'll be on the set. So I just want to go straight or two? there. Yeah, I, I know. Should bring Andrew several. or somebody in and ask him that question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a director, a director friend of mine is who who I work with a lot is the one who gave me the existence disc. Um, his name's Brian. Hey, hey, it's not you though. Ah, <laughs> uh, should ask him how he feels about life of Brian. We were talking a few weeks ago about. Um, sorry, I'm changing the subject, but good, uh, do it. <laughs> Vic, Victor's bizarre leaving Alpha speech uh, a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. And I thought Koenig's speech in here was like like a bizarre airplane turbulence speech, basically. It was so weird. His voice did something where he was like, he was trying to do like a trying to do like an Ian Curtis voice or something. I don't I it was so strange. Did, did, that, I guess well, I wrote bizarre airplane turbulence speech. It was like a uh, moon base alpha folks. So uh, we're going to be experiencing some some death and eternal <laughs> destruction you know something well, like that in general he's been he was more whispery this episode and i think maybe the last one and the one before that he screamed too much um, maybe and he lost his voice it could have just followed a uh you could a lot of times this kind of thing it follows a trajectory you um you you hit a high and then you hit a low it's like um like all the middle replacements records, Paul Westerberg is screaming, and then at the end, he's just sort of singing like this because he destroyed his voice. He has been a lot less screamy recently. Is that okay, Mark? Uh-huh. I mean, it's okay. He's whisper okay. whispering is intense, and that is acceptable. I don't it's not maybe not as fun as screaming, but it still is uh, it's something. Oh, by the way, you mentioned Ian Curtis. Um, last mm-hmm. week at work, I get a message that we need we need. I make the music for the little kids classes and they're like, we need a one for, we do jumping jacks at school quick. So I was like, I'll try and get it done before my lunch break. All I have is a 12 string acoustic guitar, a drum and my drum machine and synthesizer, my iPad. And for it's came out sounding like the Ian Curtis children's album, which I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> you need to stop playing with your friends, toys, give them back. It was kind of like, it was kind of like, um, you know the the original song because they're just like we don't want to have we want to have our own stuff not copyright stuff and it's like kids yeah. chanting i'm alone i have no co-workers at this time uh so i'm like yeah i can't sound like a kid chanting on my own so <laughs> it came out sounding like ian curtis instead which is kind of weird okay <laughs> sure joy division. don't you have a harmonizer or something throw your pitch up way in the air well, um, you know, when you use GarageBand, you can change the drum. So I played it on one thing, but didn't like it. And I ended up on the Simmons, right? Where one of the drums came out as that, like that sort of thing. Ah. So that really, oh, I like it. the Simmons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway, that, that's, that's more music talk for that might be too deep. So <laughs> music yeah. talk, I'm selling all my drum machines right now. So I can just buy one mm. after selling all the rest of them. Well, and I'm very space. stressed out about that. Save space. Okay. I think less. I think less is good sometimes. Just less stuff. Minimize, minimize. Yeah. Um, 
any other big observations you guys have? I, I think I got through most of my notes. Uh, the, oh, the last note that's fun is, uh, see, Kelly, people listen to you when you aren't trying to suplex them. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is, apparently is just another chapter in Alpha's destiny. Of destroying um, thousands of worlds because of this equilibrium space brain that they just yes. failed with. Well, yeah, the it, space brain, I think, becomes part of the mythology in, in kind of the, the later, you know, um, novels and things that came out with. Like, it, it is one of perhaps many different brains that each controls part of the universe, and I don't know where they're going with that. I can't remember. <laughs> I wish I had a more uh, succinct uh, synopsis of those novels at my disposal so I can kind of tell you what they were doing with it. But, yeah, I think it was... Part of the world building they were trying, or the universe building of space 1999 was trying to come up with some, you know, things out there that they can maybe reference later. But uh, I think it was more of a Johnny Byrne thing, maybe. I think he was involved less in the show later. And so and then, of course, we changed producers and we've got a totally different feel and vibe for season two. So a lot of that stuff, it pretty much all that stuff got left on the table at the end of season yeah. one. I mean, I like the space brain. I don't, I don't know how they would. I don't know how interesting it would be if there was just another space brain later, because the space brain just communicates by showing cool CGI graphics, seventy mm -hmm. CGI graphics, and making a man go insane. CGI. Um, yeah, it was CGI, like the computer, whatever. Oh, you CGI. mean the computer stuff? Yeah, well, computer-generated image <laughs> imagery. computer-generated? Yeah. I thought they were actually probably I think just it was. flashing plates up there. I mean, it was just computer. I think it was just someone typing a bunch of things on a computer and yeah. sped up the footage, you know? Because mm -hmm. you remember, didn't you ever do, like, when you had basic programming, you just made a program that would just make, like, an elevator, and you'd be like line one go to line 10 and then line 10 would be the bottom of the elevator and you just hit a button and it would go you know run through the program i have a vague just memory stuff like of that. that sort of thing i, I couldn't program <laughs> in basic now, um i think it's um funny that some aliens feel they need to take over alpha by taking over the computer and then taking over the humans through the computer like guardian Peary, and then this one where they take over and then the triton uh the ring around the moon they take over the the human and they take over the computer through the human <laughs> and here's yeah. a neural link so i should saying the words yeah it's together. also yeah <laughs> i'll call that uh, classic symbiosis. guest the start a computer <laughs> the guest start a computer pipeline <laughs> it's like oh boy but well well you know i guess we should just enjoy it because i guess season two will be worse tropes than this and Ooh. uh well, maybe more rubber suits, though. That's fun. I, I do love rubber suits. And I let's, love foam, and I love flashy, bright colors. Let's uh, put oh. this one on our on our percentages with existential dread versus um, sci-fi fun. Is it is it my turn first? I'll go first today. Yeah, you go first. first. Right. Um, nothing with this much insane foam and bright, flashy colors, like you said, can be under 50% sci-fi fun for me so i'm going uh 40 dread 60 fun uh, foam fun i'm gonna go 90 fun 10 percent dread because <laughs> like foam. i been to more foam parties <laughs> yeah i have and it's like i don't care about kelly i'm sorry and i don't really care i don't feel like i know the brain well enough to care about it but i probably should let me just take it out of a pasta yeah. dinner 
I, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, it, it just didn't occur to me that the brain was totally just murdered until the very end. And Koenig's bizarre speech to, to Helena to make her feel better. I thought they were going to pass through it like a collision course again. Another trope subverted, though. They failed. They just killed yeah. the brain. I mean, they might have killed the spider lady. Who knows? We don't really know if she's alive or not. I guess that's where I was like, it's got for me, I have to I have to make the dread number count because of that sort of stuff. So that's where my 40, yeah. 60 split comes in. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I was going to say it starts out pretty existential dread. Well, of course, you know, once again, the total destruction of Alpha is imminent. And so something has to be done. We're trying to figure out what to do. But then. It, it takes a hard turn when the you know the bubble machines come on i think a lot of people just can't <laughs> cannot absorb uh, uh the fact that you know that that suds are taking over moon base alpha it, it, it looks silly but it, it's fun i don't know i probably fall between somewhere i mean maybe you know 66 fun and 33 dread or something like that two-thirds nice <laughs> yeah, sure yeah uh, one thing i forgot to mention is that Oh, Brian, you probably remember this better, but Eagle One is destroyed in this. So again, okay, yeah. So is it basically do you redesignate? Okay, this like I think they just renumber them. Somebody yeah. goes around every episode and takes the sticker off of one and then puts it on the next one. And then, yeah, so it's, not, it's it's not like baseball where they retire numbers. Yeah. Or where you know Eagle seventy three just gets bumped to the top and is Eagle one and now they have seventy two yeah. Eagles or however many they're yeah. supposed to be on Keeping the base. that prisoner numbering <laughs> system in play. We were yeah, we yeah. were going to do a count, weren't we? We're going to count the number of Eagles that were destroyed throughout the series and see how this adds up. We really hey, you know it. they could recycle this one. They could recycle Eagle one. They got it. It's right there. They just have to melt it down. <laughs> they just they can only there's just this, the one sticker is just right there on top of it, but everything else is destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't so it just pull it destroyed. Off. It just hard crashed on the moon. You can, you know, maybe you can salvage. This crushed into a ball. Yeah. It, what wasn't that the point though? Was that it was crushed into that like weird tumor thing? Oh yeah. They said there was human DNA in it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Good point. There, there was another one that crashed, wasn't there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You I guess they probably can. buried it, you know, seriously and solemnly yeah. outside the base somewhere. Outside the base, of, keep it right in the base. That's the, the those two the guys in honor of those two way. guys who I don't <laughs> yeah. remember their names. <laughs> the two, two guys who are less important than Kelly. They'll put That's it in right. a, like a major like corridor junction so people can pass it on their way to work and touch it. <laughs> just uh, it's like nine eleven. Like you just put it in the middle of the base with like in a, on a pedestal. Yeah, and, and we talk. With, no, not a on a pedestal. It needs to be. It needs to be easily touchable. Yeah, it's on, it's on a, it's on a short pedestal and you can touch it. Okay. Yeah, you know, if they sense. did that, then it would be like a, a setup for a sequel. Like people are walking by and paying their respects to it, but then there's a little piece of the brain still alive inside of it, and that's where it starts all over again. Yeah, oh. that's awesome. That's which if see, they didn't if they didn't keep it in the base, wouldn't have been an issue. But that's what what happens is that uh you know Balor from a few episodes ago comes back and he takes the space brain ball. And then starts conspiring with it. There's, ah. there's, there's a book sequel with Balor. You say, yes, does yes. He, does he float out from space directly to the airlock? I hope that's how he shows up. Um, as I recall, it's one of the first, very first of those novels. Um, if not the first one. Um, I th think he's out on the lunar surface somewhere, and he's somehow very, very slowly finds his way 
into a tunnel and finds his way back into the base because he's immortal. You can't kill him. So yep. there was definitely Almost a sequel. What thing I there. said, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then he starts to wreak havoc in some some different ways as opposed to just openly going around and I just killing find people. him like coming straight down to Alpha, you know, like General Zod style or something. Oh. I want him to show up with new paintings. Just like I made these and they're all paintings of like Koenig just drawn and quartered. <laughs> I made new paintings. Uh, oh, by the way, that, that is Superman, but I was terrified of the Phantom Zone as a child. Oh, it is a scary concept. I was scared of um remember the greatest American hero where there was some episode where they were in some kind of like astral closet or something. He was like fighting a dude in like a green room, basically. That I mean, scared the, the hell out of me. Mm. Yeah, that that sounds like Trek the alternative. That's that oh, scared wow. the hell out of me. That one. Yeah, I don't have to watch that, that show again. It's been so long. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I watched all of it when it came out, even though I there were a lot of better shows that I did not watch. But, you know, it's, it was well, the thing is, that show was kind of cool and ahead of its time and it was a little subversive and the guy was kind of a schmuck. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I Halloween costume when I was three or four years old. Yeah, but it's, but it's really cool, though. It's, it's something where I think people like current generation would appreciate that because of that, because it's not it's not just the privileged you know, Superman baby who's who's a farm boy with perfect morals and superpowers and can throw the earth. I, I really the liked Robert Culp in that. That was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a quality setup. I just haven't watched it in so long. But also what uh, terrified me probably even more was the Mork and Mindy episode where Mork shrank <laughs> until yeah, okay, he became somewhere else that terrified me like a lot. I assume that was the final episode of the series. No, not even close. Should have been final episode of the series. They were trapped in like the past, but oh, they're trapped in something else. Okay, still. But trapped. the but the reason, yeah, the the reason that they were trapped is because the show got canceled. Is <laughs> nothing <laughs> to do with any plot. It's just sort of like Quantum Leap got canceled. Yeah, that's um, another. And that's why they put that little now. card. They Apparently put that Robin little Boyd's card up with his either. name misspelled. <laughs> that said he'll he never. That said he never left home, which I do. I've said before on podcasts that I think is cool. It's cooler to say he never came back home than to just wrap it up in some schmaltzy way. Like it's it's a statement, you know? He just kept doing stuff. Kept leaping. Just keep leaping, listeners. When did you start Unlike talking Gucci. about Mark and Mindy yep. start talking about Quantum Leap? I missed that. I missed that transition. Uh another ending that oh, happened okay. because the show was canceled. Right. Another uh, widely widely considered unsatisfying but there, then there was the whole urban legend about the uh deleted footage where dean stockwell was with his wife and he said he was going to get sam back and uh it turned out to be real like it surfaced on youtube i think two years ago oh, okay there you go that was wild ending. that was wild like i don't know if you got do you guys didn't follow that stuff at all nah yeah it was like, i that's one of those things where you do not believe something is real and it just is Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> I if you that. do, if you want things that you can believe in that are that are real, you can go to patreoncom slash podcastiapodcastius and uh, find some deleted scenes of us finding our wives and talking about how we're going to get Sam back. And uh, also, you could give us some money to try and get Sam back. And also, you find other podcasts such as 
films and filters and game podcast look those pokemon game game show time enough twilight zone podcast occult disney and that is hyrule field report and that is all of them okay well mark <laughs> We may we failed. We failed this podcast today. It's a failure. What? But, That's all I do. But, <laughs> but you know what? At least we killed that big giant brain. Yes, at least at least thousands of lives have been destroyed by this podcast today. So take solace <laughs> in that. Yep. And you know what? Have a foam party. COVID's over. Oh, I know the what made this episode even better if it was called Space Brian. Wait for season two. <laughs>